I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Welcome to the Unchanging Word Bible Study. Our teacher is Dr. John G. Mitchell, a man who was faithful in teaching the Word of God for more than 60 years throughout the Northwest. The name of our study, The Unchanging Word, highlights the fact that God's Word has not changed. What God reveals in His written Word was true in the past, is still true today, and will be true tomorrow. The truth in God's Word was, is, and always will be true. God never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Life begins at Calvary, there my Savior died. He took my place and by His grace came with me to abide. All I need for living is mine by just believing. Life begins at Calvary, life that never ends. The Unchanging Word Bible study continues in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 25 concerning a new hope. We see in these verses three things that have a great hope. The whole creation, the heavens and the earth, the animal creation, and the believer. And Dr. Mitchell points out that the only one, sadly, who has no hope is the unbeliever, the one who's never placed her faith in God's Son, Jesus Christ. But if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you have a blessed hope before you, and Dr. Mitchell gives us several verses that reveal this hope that we have in Christ. Not only are we saved by grace, and not only by faith, but this passage also says we are saved by hope. Our hope is assured by the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, and by the faithfulness of God to His revealed Word. Well, let's turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 18 in your Bible. Here is Dr. Mitchell. Thank you. Again, we come to you with studies in the book of Romans, and we are in chapter 8. And we're dealing with the new hope. This is what believers have in Christ. In verses 18 to 25. And with your permission, I would like to read again those verses. 18 to 25 of Romans 8. For I reckon, says the Apostle Paul, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption 
into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Now, I've taken the time to read that because in our last lesson, we were discussing together the hope that the believer has. And if I may be allowed to say this, we have not only the hope of future glory for the believer, when the whole creation is going to come into a time of experience when they will see who are the sons of God. And all creation waits for this. The heavens wait for it. The earth waits for it. The animal creation waits for it. They eagerly wait the unveiling of the sons of God. Now, I want to suggest this in thinking. And I, I said this a while ago that I was going to do this today when I'm going to say the earth has hope, the creature has hope, the believer has hope. The unbeliever has no hope. Now, just think of this for a moment. The only place in God's universe where there's no hope is among unbelievers here on earth. In fact, I would say the only place where there's any question mark about who Jesus is is in the human family. For you remember the angels knew who Jesus was. Unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In fact, the angel Gabriel told Mary that he would sit upon the throne of his father David, and of his kingdom there would be no end. And there's no question in the, in the minds of, the, of demons, of the underworld, who Jesus is, because when our Lord walked the earth, the demons said, we know who you are, Jesus, the Son of God. Or as one said, Jesus, the Son of El Elyon, the Most High God. Where is the place of unbelief in the human family? You know, this is about breaks a person's heart when you think of it. The only place in God's universe where there's any question mark as to who Jesus of Nazareth is, is in the human family. Hence, who has hope? Well, first of all, may I say, the earth upon which we walk has hope. It says here in verse 22, the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, waiting. Waiting what for? For the manifestation of the sons of God when they're going to be set free. You remember Isaiah chapter 11 and Isaiah 59 speaks of the fact where the earth is going to be delivered from its bondage, where the, there'll be no more thorns and briars, where the desert will blossom like a rose, and so on. Or you take in Amos chapter 9, the last chapter of Amos, where the, where the sower shall overtake the reaper, where the ground will give forth its increase, the ground will be delivered from its curse. And if you want to follow it through, you find also in Isaiah chapter 35, in Ezekiel chapter 34, in Psalm 67, 
in Revelation 21 and 22, where you have the new heavens and the new earth. Likewise, in 2 Peter chapter 3, in Isaiah chapter 51, I'm quoting these scriptures to you because this is where you find that there is hope for the earth upon which you and I walk. I'd like to repeat those scriptures because some of you are taking notes. Uh, we have here Romans 8, 21 and 22, especially verse 22. In Isaiah chapter 11, Ezekiel 34, Amos chapter 9, 11 to 13, Isaiah 35, Isaiah 51, 6, Psalm 67, 6, 2 Peter chapter 3, Revelation chapter 21 and 22. I tell you, the, the, the desert is going to blossom like a rose. The curse is going to be removed and it's going to give forth its increase. We have never seen the earth give forth its full increase. Today in America, we have, we have by our scientific research, we have been able to put things into the ground to get bumper crops. We haven't begun yet to see what God will do when the earth is removed from the curse. And then the creature has hope. You mean the animal creation has hope? Of course it does. In Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 to 9, in Isaiah 65, 25, if I may give you those scriptures where it speaks of the lion shall lie down with a lamb, the bear shall lie down with a kid, and a baby, a child, shall play with a viper. There shall be nothing to hurt or to mar in all the holy mount of God. In the book of Joel, and Joel, you remember, is a book of the day of the Lord. And in chapter 2 tells you what God's going to do in the millennial kingdom. And in that period of time, the animal creation, as well as the earth, is going to give forth its increase. It's going to be removed from the curse. So we find that the earth has hope, and the creature has hope. Now then, the believer has hope, the believer in Christ. I tell you, it's what Paul here says in verse, in verse 23. We ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting what for? For the adoption to wait, the redemption of the body. For we are saved by hope, and so on. The believer has hope. Do you remember Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, we are sealed by the Spirit of God until the day of redemption. That is the day when our bodies will be redeemed from the curse and bondage of sin. In Romans chapter 13, verse 11, I read, It's high time to awake out of sleep, for our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Well, I thought we were saved. Yes, we were saved. When we believed in Christ, the Lord saved us, and we are being saved, and we are yet to be saved. Time when our very bodies will be delivered from this question of sin and death. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, Peter says, We're kept by the power of God through faith unto a salvation yet to be revealed in the last time. Same thing you find in Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. Now the God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole being, spirit, soul, body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Or you take Philippians chapter 3, 
verses 20 and 21, where Paul writes, Our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change these bodies, fashion them like unto his glorious body. Romans 8, 29, God has determined that we shall be conformed to the image of his Son. And the same thing, of course, in 1 John 3, 2 says, when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and every one who hath this hope set upon him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. In Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 to 17, allow me to quote just the last verse of that. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and to be forever with the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51 through 54, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye of the last trump. The trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. This mortal must put on immortality. And this corruption, this corruptible must put on incorruption. We're all going to be changed. I've been quoting to you, by the way, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, Romans 13, 11, 1 Peter 1, 5, Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, Philippians 3, 20 and 21, Romans 8, verse 29, 1 John 3, 2 and 3, and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 17, and 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 54. You see, our inheritance is eternal, our redemption is eternal, our life is eternal, and our family is eternal. Everything that God gives to us, my friend, is eternal. Why? We belong to an eternal family. If we have taken Jesus Christ as our Savior, we had that over here in verse 14 through 17. We are now the children of God, and we partake of that of which our Father has. I tell you, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Now notice in verse 24, we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is no longer hope. For what a man seeth, why do they yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. See, when we receive that which we hope for, we no longer have hope. And when we receive our new bodies, we no longer have hope. Listen, friend, if I were to ask you, are you saved by hope? I think many of you would say, no, 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 we're saved by grace. Some of you will say we're saved by faith. Well, that's true, but we're also saved by hope. We're saved by grace, as you have in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's the base of our salvation, is his grace. We're saved by faith. That is how we receive our salvation. Take Romans 5, 1, for example. Therefore, being justified or declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God. But we're also saved by hope. 
and this is the completion of our salvation. That takes in the body. So let me repeat it. We're saved by grace. That's the foundation of it. We are saved by faith. That is how we receive it. And we're saved by hope. That's the completion of it. As Philippians 1, 6 says, He which hath begun a good work in you shall perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. So you see, we're saved by hope. You know, I feel like, I feel like quoting uh, chapter 11 of the book of Romans. Do you remember that verse? All the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Who hath counseled with God? Who hath first given to him, and it shall not be recompensed to him again? For of him, through him, to him are all things. All the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and judgments of God. How unsearchable are his ways. Saved by grace. Saved by faith. Saved by hope. God starts this salvation, continues it, and completes it. We have been saved from the penalty and guilt of sin. We are being daily saved from the power of sin, and we're yet to be saved from the presence of sin. Oh, do you know of anybody who has a hope like that? Just Christians, just Christians. The philosophies of men give you no hope. How wonderful, how wonderful God has given to us a message, a gospel, which brings real guaranteed hope. As Peter could say in 1 Peter 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again to a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now one more thing. We have just said the earth has hope and the creature has hope and the believer has hope and we are saved by hope. But the unbeliever, the man who is indifferent to Jesus Christ or has rejected the Son of God, has no hope. You remember in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, at one time we were without Christ, without God, and without hope in the world. In Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, we sorrow not as others, who have no hope. Do you ever think of it? We do not sorrow as the rest who have no hope. No hope. I tell you, friend, it's an awful thing. Let me read a verse from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 30. The righteous shall never be moved, but the wicked shall never inherit the earth. No hope. Am I talking to you, my friend, today? Allow me to repeat this. God has hope for the earth. God has a purpose for the earth. It's going to be delivered from the curse, the bondage of sin. God has hope for the animal creation. They're now in bondage. The time's going to come when the animal creation will be freed from its bondage. It has hope. The man who accepts the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior has hope. Not only the hope of eternity, 
but the hope of a body, the whole man being redeemed. For when Christ died for sinners, he died for the whole man, spirit, soul, body. And we Christians are looking forward to the day when the Lord shall come and these bodies shall be transformed from mortal to immortal, from corruptible to incorruptible. But say, what hope do you have? What hope do you have, my friend? If you're out of Christ, you have no hope. Our hope is guaranteed to us by two things. Our hope is guaranteed by the resurrection of Christ, and it's guaranteed by the faithfulness of God to his word. That's pretty sure, isn't it? That's pretty sure, isn't it? Just as sure as Christ was raised from the dead and received a glorified body, unlimited, went back to glory, so the believer has been guaranteed through that resurrection that we too shall have redeemed bodies, freed from death and from sin, corruption. What hope do you have? Ours is also guaranteed by the faithfulness of God. God will keep his word. As he could say, let God be true. And even if every man is a liar, let God be true. What hope do you have? Friend, listen. God sent his only beloved son into the world to die, to put away the barrier of sin which was between you personally and God. Jesus Christ bore your sin that you might go free. He bore your judgment that you might go free. He bore the wrath of God that you might go free. And he has defeated death and the grave in his resurrection. And we can guarantee to you a salvation that's real, that's perfect, that's eternal. And it's guaranteed by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In Romans chapter 10, I read these words. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I'm not talking about a mental ascent to truth. I'm talking about putting your trust in Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. And my friend, when he saves you, he saves you with an everlasting salvation, and that takes in the whole body. And that's what we've been dealing with here. God has given to us a new hope. I repeat it, we're saved by grace, and we're saved by faith, and we're saved by hope, guaranteed by the, by the faithfulness of God, and guaranteed through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Why don't you take Jesus Christ as your Savior? Why don't you take him as your Lord? He's a real Savior. You know, a person without hope is a miserable person. We just lived down here so many years. It's true we may have tests and trials and disappointments and sorrows, but then what? Even though you live to be 80 or 90 years of age, then what? Then what? I tell you, it's a wonderful thing to have this wonderful guaranteed hope of stepping right into the very presence of God and he accepts us as his children, as his sons, as his heirs. God grant you'll do that today for his name's sake.
Thank you for listening to the Unchanging Word Bible Study today. And so until next time, this is the Unchanging Word Bible Broadcast. Life begins at Calvary.